Welcome to the Regenerate Podcast, exploring the regenerative movement in all aspects of life to revitalize, restore, and re-energize for a better world. I'm your host, Jenna. So stoked to have you here. Let's regenerate together. Diving into another episode of the Regenerate Podcast, my name is Jenna, and today's guest is Leia Vita Mirosevic, who is an incredible storyteller, photographer, and videographer, and today's episode is all about diving into the importance of storytelling. Um, she does amazing work with the organization Farmers Footprint and has gone across you know, the United States working with BIPOC farmers and really helping to spread their story. So uh, without further ado, let's get into it. And here is Leia. As mentioned, we have the wonderful Leia joining us today, who is um, here to share her regenerative journey. She is a storyteller, regenerative agriculture advocate, and amazing videographer. So welcome to the show, Leia. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, super excited to chat with you today and get into everything regenerative storytelling, agriculture. You have so much great experience. Um, but to start off, uh, I was checking out your website. You have so much amazing photography and videography footage. You're super talented. But interestingly enough, that was not the path that you were originally going down. So would love for you to kind of share that story. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very mystic journey, one of unpredictable. It was very unpredictable in the moment as it was unfolding, but essentially I studied at Soka University of America, which is in Orange County, California. Um, And so I studied environmental studies and sustainability there. was very passionate about permaculture and eco-villages and how we get these off-grid principles into our urban settings where a lot of the pollution and a lot of the people are living. Um, And so that was really my undergraduate studies focused in that and I had a lot of amazing opportunities to do research abroad. So I got to go to Guatemala and study the impacts of mining and deforestation on the indigenous communities. And I got to go to Ecuador where I studied abroad and was in the Amazon and seeing firsthand impacts, you know, that the oil companies and just globalization in general has um, on the, the culture and the the future of these indigenous communities. So very privileged that the university I went to had these research um, opportunities. And so that was kind of my area of study and focus. And then photography found me in a whim in that journey, so. And then you've basically just like taken off as a photographer and videographer and which is really awesome. I think you've been able to kind of stick with that environmental regeneration path so to speak you're doing a lot of cool work with farmers footprint which we'll get into while kind of developing your artistic skills which is super rad um so tell us a little bit about kind of your work right now with farmers footprint what's that organization all about and and kind of what is your role there sure so i've been with farmers footprint for about 15 months now and i started as operations manager because that's what they needed at the time we were a small team i was the second full-time employee Um, and then throughout time as we got the capacity to grow and expand our team i got transitioned into um, my new role which is content producer so i really work with our marketing team which is really one other amazing woman (laughs) and myself and working on the storytelling side so 
I get to go out in the field and interview and profile different farmers. Um, and I really focus a lot on BIPOC and female farmers. That's just a personal interest of mine, um, but really covering a diverse range of stories. And so I'm there on their farm, you know, documenting um, through video and photography. And then um, that usually goes toward our meet a farmer feature. So at Farmers Footprint, we, you know, every other week we feature a new farmer um, to just connect people to the, to those who are growing our food. Cause I think there's a really big disconnect of like, wow, there were hands that went into each item on my plate. And like, what is that person going through? What's their life experience? Are they getting paid enough um, for me to enjoy this meal? So yeah, I, in short, um, content producer, so really working on the storytelling aspect of the regenerative movement. Very, very cool. And so you mentioned you, you know, your, your focus is, is BIPOC farmers for maybe those listening um, that don't really necessarily know that term, um, maybe explain to us what that is, and then um, we'll dive into more kind of your work with them. Sure. So BIPOC stands for Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I don't know where to begin on this. There's a lot to say, but I think my connection to it is I come from immigrant parents. My mother is from a very small country in Europe called Slovenia. Um, and my father's from Croatia and they didn't speak, you know, any English when they got here. And I don't know, I think just, um, coming kind of living between two very completely worlds like here in America I was born and raised here but every summer went back to Slovenia and Croatia and spent months out of the year there I was kind of raised between you know very different worlds so I think I just am drawn always to women because I'm a woman and just to uplift their voices and share their stories um and yeah I think I'll, I'll leave it at that <laughs> yeah, no, that's amazing. And so I know a lot of um, the work you're trying to do is help them share their stories. So what are some of the techniques or ways you're kind of helping them out? And how do you ensure what you're developing as a content creator is um, authentic? Mm, yes, very good question. I'm constantly trying to check in on myself to make sure when I'm, you know, documenting a story that it's really through their perspective and their voice instead of interpreting it through my lens. And so it's a very tricky thing to do to kind of constantly have that mindfulness to check in as a photographer. Is this really depicting the reality of the situation? And especially with photos and videos, I love to make things beautiful because I just see it as beautiful. But maybe the reality of that work is it's not so romantic and beautiful as it, the photo shows. Like farming is sweaty and, you know, intense work out in the field. And so I'm also trying to, um, yeah, just be sensitive with um, how to make something beautiful how to also show the reality of the situation through that. And that could be beautiful too, you know, or at least inspiring or touching the emotional level. And that's really the power of storytelling is you can completely transport someone to a different situation and expand their, the way they think or, you know, what they thought was true. And that's, 
one of the reasons I love doing it for the education and the inspiration. And another reason is really for the person I'm working with to see their personal transformation through this process. So my favorite part of the whole documenting process is at the very end when I've captured everything, I've edited the photos, and then I go and sit down with the farmer or whoever it is and show them their photos and in their completed form and usually there's tears in their eyes because it's the first time they're really seeing themselves um or seeing themselves in this light you know in in their you know in their highest life condition because that's also the way i my process of documenting is not like stand here the light's great there, and now look this way, turn your chin up, like it's not posed at all. I say, go out there, harvest your mushrooms, or you know, do what you do on a daily basis, and I'm gonna be kind of quietly in the background just capturing photos. And what happens is, you know, in their element, they're not concerned of like, camera. it's a very, make it not an intimidating process, because it's such, a vulnerable position to be in, to be exposed in front of a camera. And so I try to remove that and really get to the human to human connection and level with the person I'm photographing, make them comfortable, let them be in their flow and their element, and then kind of just be prancing around, like skipping around, documenting and conversing with them. And then yeah, they see those photos and they're like, wow, I didn't realize how beautiful I was, or I didn't realize how powerful this work I'm doing is. And that is my moment of, okay, now my work is done, like for the person to see their beauty and their power through these photos, because they don't, you know, we're, we don't see ourselves through our eyes, unless there's a mirror. Um, so the photo, photos are the closest thing we have to really see ourselves which I think is a beautiful process. <laughs> wow. I mean, you can totally tell that you are meant to be a storyteller and I would love <laughs> to kind of better understand how you kind of link that with kind of your view on regeneration. Like obviously you're focused a lot on farmers, but would love to kind of for you to expand on how you link both together and your vision for the future there. Yeah. So, you know, I think it's in our human DNA is to, want to listen to stories or learn through stories or just sit and and converse in that way um and for me with the whole regenerative movement i think there's so much wisdom in the past that we can learn on to decide the choices we make in the present which then determines the outcome of our reality in the future Right. And so there's so, so much power in learning from the stories and the history of the past. And then today, how we're telling those stories in their most accurate, raw, authentic depiction. And, and that determines the future, essentially. So I just, I love hearing stories. I love being encapsulated by stories, transporting through stories and, and taking people along that journey to really inform, you know, how we make decisions in the future. And with regenerative agriculture and specifically, we have so much to learn from the indigenous peoples and the way they were farming. I mean, that was the normal before, you know, the introduction of chemicals and synthetic fertilizers and machinery. 
and you know that was just the way you farmed there wasn't like organic or regenerative versus conventional it was just the way and you know through the industrial revolution and you know that has shifted and i think just learning from the past is really important and with regenerative agriculture also honoring those past traditions of where this is really rooted in Wow, that's really powerful. So, so let me ask you this. I mean, we're in an age of information. I mean, you can, you know, we're hearing messages left, right, and center about all different types of kinds of topics. You know, how do you kind of navigate finding, I guess, the truth, um, your truth and um, ensuring, yeah, like kind of, how do you find um, solid information out there these days? That is a great question, which I'm not sure I have an answer for. I wish I did. I think it, what really helps me is it's easy to get in our bubble and like, you know, especially through Instagram and social media, we're like following people who kind of speak our same language a lot of the times or watch the news that kind of resonates with us, read those books. So we're kind of like in our own world of reality where if I'll like turn on you know, another news station I don't normally listen to or, you know, hear a friend's opinion who maybe is a bit outside of, or a person's opinion who's outside of my friend group. I think it just balances out um, to give us really like a base of information where then we as humans with our own intellect and creativity and wisdom can, you know, make an informed decision once we see all sides of the story. And one um, word I love, it's called parallax, and it's a form in physics, which essentially means where you stand in space and time interprets the way you see reality. So like, you know, from your perspective, let's say I'm gonna hold this bottle up and you see the label, but from my perspective, because where I'm geographically located and um, I'm like, no, you're wrong. Like there's no label on that bottle because from the back I see, you know, the words. And so I think coming back to that concept of parallax constantly, if you're in an argument with someone or trying to like get to the truth, there are many truths depending on where you're standing and what perspective you're looking at the situation. So yeah, I think it comes down to this like discernment that you just kind of cultivate through years of experience and like trusting, I don't know, I don't know, maybe trusting our gut works sometimes and maybe it doesn't. Um, but yeah, I don't really have a direct answer. I think it's just understanding there are many truths. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think you answered that very, very well. Because um, I think, uh, I, I think you're right. I mean, I would agree with you. I think it's not, um, not being attached to necessarily one thing or the other, but being willing and able to kind of listen to a bunch of different perspectives and then kind of, you know, yeah, use discernment and then choose your own truth, which is um, very powerful. So <laughs> you got this. That was great. Um, so Tapping more into your work with farmers, I mean, you've been in this space for a little while now. What are some things or some impactful moments where you've been like, whoa, whether this is like good, like amazing, this is going to change the world, or like, whoa, how do people not know about this? Like, how is this not in mainstream media, et cetera, et cetera? Mm, yeah. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is my most recent experiences um, of being in North Carolina and Virginia with the farmers I was working with there. Um, it just 
you know, brought the human element to farming, which I think we can get caught up in like the climate change conversation or like capturing, you know, which is all important, but we do kind of forget the human elements sometimes. And um, it was beautiful to see, like, for me, I'm always fascinated how farmers get into farming and like, what's their connection? Because it is like long hours of physical work. It's, it's not for everyone. You have to really love being outside and being a steward of the land to do it. And so with um, Samantha Fox, she was uh, the most recent one I interviewed in um, North Carolina. And um, she's a beekeeper and an entrepreneur and, you know, has a farm and the chickens and the whole nine yards. It's amazing. She's growing food for her whole community, which is essentially a food desert. I mean, there's nowhere around with fresh produce and you open the door to her shop and it's just filled with like amazing fruits and vegetables. And it's revolutionary what she's doing, but to hear her story and, you know, coming from ancestors of slaves where seven out of eight slaves, men and women were farm, you know, working in the fields. So to come from that history, that's so and like, how is she able to get up and farm each day knowing that that has been, you know, her history of, you know, her ancestry. Um, she, she says it's, it's her act of healing and transformation. And so she feels her ancestors out there when she's with her bees and, you know, on the farm, she feels connected to them in that way and really turning poison into medicine through farming and taking something that could be traumatic and really using it as a form of empowerment and healing to like transform that karma and that system. And then like, so uplifting herself and her whole community and encouraging them to be part and her, her family, it's a family business. Her son is out there like making homemade incense and it's just beautiful to see how farming is so much more than just food production, but for some people it's really, um, you know, a historical and cultural connection. And, and those are the stories that really, you know, get me so excited to continue sharing every day. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's so awesome that we can, you know, we're in a place where we can now hear her story so easily with, you know, you, you know, creating these amazing videos and, and on, on social media, because let's be honest, like where I am in Canada, that probably would not be able to happen otherwise. So that's really inspiring work that you're doing. Um, so now I want to talk a little bit about your relationship with, um, you know, the sea and the soil, you're out on the coast. Um, how, you know, how has that been an impactful, such an impactful part of your life? And how kind of do you how does someone cultivate, you know, a connection like that? Mm. I think for me, it's inherent because it, I mean, for everyone, we're human. So we are nature, we're human nature. Um, but it's easy to get distracted and removed from that through like, you know, things and so much going on. We're so saturated with like, event. well, not with COVID now, but usually there's like events or you know, this movie or things to just kind of like distant us from nature. And so it definitely takes effort to be like, no, I'm not going to watch this Netflix thing. I'm going to go on a hike instead, or I'm going to go surf. And I'm lucky where I 
only five years ago, um, completely got the surf bump and surfing has been so transformational. I mean, there's so many lessons you learn in the water and like literally for me, it's facing my fear every time I'm out there of like being this huge ocean of the unknown. That's like, this could kill me, you know, but there's also just a thrill and just a pure like um, intimacy with nature that I have when I'm on the wave. It's like, I can't compare it to anything. And I felt too, when I was farming, I didn't mention, but at my university, I, I started the school garden, which is now a class on sustainable agriculture, which is really exciting. And I was so high off of working in that garden, having my hands in the soil. And there's, you know, there's studies on it of just the properties of like literally touching that life in the soil or the negative ions in the ocean. And so nature literally fuels us, right? And just brings us to another state of being that is so profound. I mean, in my experience. Um, and cultivating that just takes consistency of like going out constantly and like choosing how we're spending our time and um, having a home garden is a great way to just practice that because you're you're going to be forced then to go out and interact and and people if it's safe like go barefoot and really feel your feet in the soil and every time I'm back out touching soil it's like and myself like rubbing it on my arms I'm just like I can't get enough it feels so good and yeah and the ocean I'm I've been a competitive swimmer my whole life and swam in college, so I'm very comfortable in the water. And once my swimming career was over, surfing was my way um, to still connect it to the ocean. So I think there's, I mean, limitless ways you can connect to nature. And I just encourage people to find their happy place, whether it's the mountains or the desert or the ocean or the soil. And just like consistency, and if it's not accessible, which for a lot of urban people, or it's not, so like, I don't know, get creative with those ways of how you can connect, or, or even like I would say as an art, dropping into that space of creativity, nature, or you're you know writing poetry about it to at least like try to get in that energy of nature because what it is for me it's it is an energy of kind of fullness and of that like when I'm out there with that wave and paddling and like everything else dissipates and I'm so present and that's just a gift so I'm so grateful to have that in my life and definitely encourage people just to get in the ocean even scary uh, it's such a healing, healing experience. <laughs> wow. And I, I mean, once, you know, once you do it, it's, you know, you're not gonna, you're gonna fall in love with it and, and you'll connect all the time. So that's, I think that's an amazing way for us to wrap up. I, um, that was so beautifully said. So kind of, you know, what's up next for you? How can people check you out? Um, what are some things that you kind of have coming up in the next couple months or years or, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, connected is probably Instagram because I'm like to display my art there. It's at Leia underscore Vita. Um, 
And I also have a website more that's Leia Vietnam. And um, yeah, for the future, a lot of fun projects in the works, a lot of um, projects, which I'm excited about, just to personally hands back in the soil. And then on a project with my best friend Lex called Sea and Soil. And that's really a, a community around um, our people and landlords, how we can really be encouraging each other, especially with, you know, like anxiety and, and these people are feeling. How can we encourage each other to, you know, get out in the in or play in the soil? Uh, the monthly meetups before COVID with um, farming, like going to volunteer at a farm, going and surfing together. Um, so that's something that's currently in the works and we're figuring out chapter but stay tuned it's still. um and yeah i think you know down the line we'll publish some on farms and a lot of ideas and lots more films but yeah just taking a day by day right now <laughs> that's amazing well thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today um for everyone tuning in be sure to check leia out she has an amazing website her instagram is awesome um, and uh, can't wait to see what you get up to in the next couple months. Thank Thanks. you so much. Thanks for joining us on the Regenerate podcast. If you're interested in checking out more of our content, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, you can also visit us on YouTube at Regenerate Co. You can send us an email, regeneratecoe at gmail.com. And if you're interested in connecting with me, Jenna, the host, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Jenna Thornburg. So thanks for joining us.